0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastomax.ng. The Holy Spirit of God can give us directions to go in or go towards, and as we yield to the Spirit of God, God is able to accomplish much more in our lives. That is why uh, when we have meetings like this, try to make yourself available. Are you following this? Try to make yourself available. Let me explain something to you about the the life of a Christian. The life of a Christian is powered from the place of grace. That's your power. Okay, um, we have the Bonnie Utility Company. Am I right? Yeah. That's BUC, right? Now we are. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we are we have lights in this hall now, but that's, this is not where the power is generated from. The light is a physical manifestation of something generated from the BUC plants. You, you, some of you read in the news that the national grid collapsed <laughs> you know that for those people outside when they hear such news what that news is in summary is that you are not going to see light for a long time because the power source so for a Christian your, your, your power source is in meetings like this is in fellowship with the spirits Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you should not treat Just being available in meetings Is an added advantage Just being available Uh, We cannot really predict In that sense What the Holy Spirit would do In specific meetings Are you following this? So uh, always make yourself available And when you make yourself available Make yourself available with expectations Praise God you see, when God puts an anointing in a man's life, he puts it on a man's life for the sake of those he has called to be with that man. Because that's the only thing, outside the word of God, that a man can offer. Every other thing is limited. Praise God. Are you here? Now, we talked about the kingdom of God. I want to show you a few things. Yesterday, uh, and we talked about Luke chapter one verse thirty-two. I just want to continue because we don't have much time, so I'm not going to revise what we did. If you go to Luke chapter one verse thirty-two, a statement was made there, and I just want to prove that statement to you. Luke one thirty-two, it says, "We're talking about Jesus. Let's look at verse. Uh, okay, no, let's let's just." Verse verse 31 And behold, you will conceive in your womb And bear a son And you shall name him Jesus Now, I I want to say this Please uh, Because I think I overheard some of my Church folks Mentioning it In their discussion But let me say this, right There are people who make A lot of views about The Hebrew name of Jesus And some people say We should call Jesus Yeshua To make it more effective in prayer Are you hearing this? Have you heard people say that? Don't waste your time What powers the name of Jesus Is not so much as The way you pronounce it Is the fact that he died He was buried and he was resurrected Do you know the word Joshua is the same thing as Jesus? The word Joshua in the Old Testament. The same Hebrew word. Are you following? So, you know, and uh, we might not have the time to get there tonight, but many times you see Christians trying to go back to Judaistic practices. to try to go back to Judaistic practices. If you go back to those practices you will not be able to keep all of them. There is a reason Jesus came. You know when things are not complex, we feel that they are not effective. Are you hearing what I am saying? So, he says his name shall be called Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now pay attention to that phrase because it was important to the Jews that the man who would be king of the kingdom continued the legacy of the throne of David because uh, uh, the Lord had promised, Yahweh had promised David that his seed would continue forever. That there would always be a seed on the throne. So it's important for us to understand that when they... When, they, when, he, when she heard these prophetic words, she knew that this was connected to the covenant. And he would reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Pay attention to that. His kingdom will have no end. Now, uh, I gave you scriptures yesterday of the prophecies to David. Did you write them down? Jeremiah 31, 17, 2 Samuel 7, 13 and 16. 1 Kings eight twenty five. And uh, Psalm 89, verse 29. There's one I want us to read. 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 11. 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 11. Praise God. Now, when you read 2 um, Samuel. He talked about... Let's read from verse 11. Even from those days that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you. "...who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever." Okay? And then he goes on, and, and, and uh, go to verse... Let's just read on. Let's read on. Verse 14. "...I'll be a father to him, he'll be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I'll correct him with the rod of men, and the strokes of the sons of men. <laughs> but my loving kindness shall not depart from him." As I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Now, David was saying something very important. He says, when uh, God was saying to David something very important. He says, when your child's sin, you are talking about Solomon and people that will come after David, he says, I am going to correct him with the strokes of men. What it means is, I would allow men to punish him, to beat him. He said, but what will happen is, I will not remove my mercy from his life. Which means that I will not actually take the throne from him. Unlike what I did to Saul What God did to Saul was He took the throne from Saul Are you following this now? He took the throne from Saul But God says no I'm not going to do that to you I'll keep my mercy You will be punished but the throne Will still be in your lineage Now read on it says Your house and your kingdom Shall endure before me forever Your throne shall be established forever Can you see that? So God promised David A throne that is forever So you see when Jesus came He had to come in the lineage of David Let me show you something Go to Romans chapter 1 verse 3 Let me show you from the New Testament Romans chapter 1 verse 3 Romans 1 3 That is why you realize that uh, When those people when they needed healing or anything, they cried out and said, Have mercy on me, O son of David. They were appealing to the covenants. Are you following this? They were appealing to the covenants. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Paul, a born servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. Remember, he promised this beforehand. In the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh. So, according to the flesh, Jesus was the son of David. According to the flesh. It had to be that way. To continue the legacy or to continue the promise of God. Remember, God's word will never be broken. Let me tell you something. If God gives you a promise concerning your life, concerning your ministry, concerning your marriage, that word, hold on to it. It doesn't matter what is going on right now. That word will always come to pass. That's why as believers, we trade with God's word. Are you following this? Now, verse 4. Who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead? According to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. So, in the natural, he was the Son of David. But in the spiritual, by the power of resurrection, he was declared as the Son of God. Go to 2 Timothy chapter chapter 2 and verse 7. Are you following this? 2 Timothy 2 7. If you're not if you're not here yesterday, get the message and listen to everything together. We just want to build on that. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.7. It says, Praise God. Consider what I'm what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Verse 8 Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel. So, uh, so two things we find out, and you pay attention to this, Paul always explains that in his theology. Two things we find out is he always talks about Jesus as the son of David in the natural and as the son of God, spiritually. And talks about the resurrection. Because Paul says if there is no resurrection, then our faith is useless. No, no other religion claims resurrection. No other religion claims resurrection. No other religion claims that their God was dead and rose up. No. They don't have the capacity to make that claim. Are you following this? See, the resurrection of Jesus is the hallmark of Christianity. It's the hallmark of Christianity. More people should be trained to celebrate Easter more than Christmas. Christmas is actually a wrong uh, is, 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 is is actually a wrong upbringing you know these Easter holidays most people use it to go to the village and take break from work hmm? because there is no celebration around it you eat normal food in some churches this is the only time they will teach about resurrection uh, That's only Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's finished for the rest of the year. But by November 23rd, December 1st, you start hearing him say, hey, this is the month Jesus was born. We like to celebrate birthdays. Jesus' birth is not our hope. His resurrection is. If he was born... (laughs) You know I'm laughing. Uh, We stumble on on an Easter stuff yesterday. And and you see, many people do not understand. Many people do not understand. Those three days and three nights that Jesus spends in the grave, the whole of God's plan was on those three nights. The whole that means everything God had ever planned. This was the final test. If Jesus, after three days, did not rise from the dead, all the claims of Christianity were zero. All the prophecies of God, 400, 500 years before Jesus came, were false. The plan of God. You couldn't be a Christian. You couldn't be born again. You see, the, the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was the last card of God. When Jesus was given birth to and the angel says peace to men or peace to the world, it wasn't because Jesus was born. It wasn't because there, were, there would be no wars if Jesus were, was born now. There, there will be wars. it continues to be wars. But you see the peace that they were proclaiming was the peace that God would not have with man. That peace that was broken in the garden of Eden was going to be restored in the garden of Gethsemane. It was a battle of gardens. Just as Adam fell in the garden of Eden, so Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane crossed the final cross and embraced the will of God and went to the cross on our behalf. That is why there is no sin that is irredeemable because the price is so great. This is what makes us children of God. Are you you hearing what I'm saying? The blood of Jesus that was shed on your behalf this is what empowers us against sin. This is what gives us authority to cast out demons. That is why, at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee must bow. Names on knees in heaven and on earth. All authority in heaven and on earth were given to Jesus after the resurrection. Three days and three nights. The whole plan of God was rested on those days. It's like medical students, when they write their final exams, see, they begin to sweat. From all kinds of places. Because seven years as a doctor. Seven years being trained. This is it. This is the final exam. That's why they ask for prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why they read. Because huh? this, this is it. Imagine after seven years. You now come back. And say you failed. After seven years. Hmm? Of reading. Reading everything, cramming all those big names, changing your handwriting. After seven years, going to the cemetery, dealing with cadaver, dead bodies. You've seen all kinds of dead bodies. You've seen dead stuff. This was it. This is the final exam. This is it. After today, if you pass this exam, you can now be a doctor. We can sit in your office and you can threaten us with all kinds of names. You can now tell us, go and register there first. I'm, I'm coming. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is it. This is what will make your parents proud. Oh, when you say, I'm looking for John. They say, is it the doctor? Because they want you to put that doctor in front of that name. They say, is it the doctor? As if they have many Johns. They, are you hearing what I'm saying? Your family hope that ah, immediately you graduate. You are not going to buy a car. You are not going to do it. it it's on that, that's what was happening for three days and three nights. The devil was all against us, but thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Bible says Jesus was raised up from the dead. Thank you, Lord. We must learn to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. It's what gives us new life. Amen. That's what births the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let's go to. Oh man, I I love talking about the resurrection. Let's let's look at the message. That the apostles preached. Go to Luke chapter 16 verse 16. Let's look at this. I'm going to build up from here tomorrow. And, and, spirit and spirit and truth, they rehearsed some very powerful praises that made me to come out of my office twice while I was studying. I was like, are they turning this place to a party zone or something? So make sure you're here tomorrow. We're going to have a good time praising the Lord before the word. So make sure you come early. Amen. Luke chapter sixteen, verse sixteen. How many of you are appreciative of our worship team and spirit and truth? Let's give them a hand. They're doing a good job. They are doing a good job. Luke sixteen, sixteen, praise God. Alright, are you there? Say amen if you're there. Okay. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. There is a a verse before that that I like a lot. It's not connected to this message, but I like it, so I have to say it. Verse 15. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. In your life, learn to know the things that are highly esteemed in the sight of God. It's not everything that men esteem that God esteems. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. When you give and this you show people, you know people the people esteem that. But what does God esteem? What does God esteem? Giving in secret. Praise God. That was because I like that verse. Let's go back to the message. Verse 16. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the kingdom of the gospel of the... the God, since that time, the gospel of the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. Let me tell you, those of you who have read this verse from the book of Matthew and say, it's the kingdom of God so far at boundless. You start bouncing like mechanic that was nowhere trained. Eh? The kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violence ticketed by force. We will not agree. It's not a civil rights scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What the Bible was saying is that though before now the emphasis was on the law and the prophets. They could just only speak prophetic words. They could only talk about the time. They could only um, talk about the prophetic words that were coming forth and everything. But from the time of John the Baptist, the gospel of the kingdom is now being preached. Now, uh, everyone is forcing his way into it. They are trying to get into the message. Because, number one, the Pharisees will not allow them to get into the message. Are you following what I'm saying? It was a new message. So, it's those who have violence. It's those who are, uh, it's like, how do I put it? It's those who have the mind and the heart that can actually follow Jesus. It's not, this is not a scripture for, for causing for confusion. If I let take it, it by force. What are you taking? You see, everything you need in God has been given to you. You don't need to, you know people say, we are going to storm the gates of heaven. No, don't do that. It's bad training. Is bad training. The scripture says that by the blood of Jesus we have access. That we might come boldly to the throne of grace. Hello? That we might come what? Boldly to the throne of grace. Now you are storming the gate of heaven. The gate and the throne, which is, where, are you, where is your ultimate intention? Where do you really want to go to? The throne. The man who has the throne says, come with boldness. Your pastor says, No, stay at the gates and storm it. You know you have been trained as a rebel. You have access to the Father. You know, <laughs> something funny happened today. And it taught me a lot. During the sports, those of you who were not here, oh, yeah, you missed big time. We had a good time. Did we have a good time? Yeah. You say it well so that they'll feel bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, it's very intentional. You forget it, you miss. There's no way about it. We are the violent who have taken it by force. We are still in the Old Testament, but we were distributing items, and this young girl came, and uh, my wife asked her, "Um, "Have they not, you know, just asked her about what she wanted to get?" So they were not giving to that age group or something. And then before she left, she now said, "I am Zara's friend." (laughs) So I told my wife. You see that name she has mentioned. Just give her. Do, do you understand? There is a relationship, so she she knows that <laughs> this is Zara's father, this is Zara's mother. If I'm friend to Zara, there's mineral cannot be anything. They will not get. To. Did she get it? She got it by just knowing which name to mention. And I'm telling you the truth. If she has mentioned anybody else's name, would I say, Ah, God bless you, are a friend. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When we get into situations, mention the name of Jesus. I said mention the name of Jesus. At that name every knee will bow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you are in tribulations, that's not when to call your grandfather. That's not when to say, "No, don't do that." No, no. No. Say the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Glory to God. We've got that relationship. He has put forth his spirit in our heart That we might cry Abba Father Thank you Lord Says the law and the prophets Were proclaimed unto John But when the time of John came A new message came on the earth It's the message of the kingdom Praise God Hallelujah Are you still here? Acts chapter 8 verse 12 And I think we'll close there I pray tomorrow we can finish this message it's long, But how many of you are enjoying the conference so far? We've had good spirit move and good word. Amen. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. Tomorrow is Sunday. Acts 8. Through, praise God. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you Lord. Verse 12. But when the believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ they were baptized men and women alike you know Philip preached the good news of the kingdom all the disciples preached the good news of the kingdom Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom you see when Jesus came on the scene and after John the Baptist died I'm going to pick up from there tomorrow the central message of Jesus was the kingdom are you hearing this now? Was the kingdom You see we ought to learn more about the kingdom We ought to learn more how to function In the kingdom You see all the things we are running after The Bible says if we seek the kingdom These things will come after us The message of the church is not prosperity The message of the church is not deliverance The message of the church is the kingdom of God And we need to learn it again Go to Acts chapter 20 Acts 20-25 Final closing you know, Paul writes finally, brethren, and I still write like four or five verses. Acts twenty twenty five. Acts twenty twenty five. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I like what Paul said here. I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Let's read from verse twenty one. Solemnly, Oh no. Let's read from verse seventeen. I like the story before this. From Melitus, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. This was when Paul was about to die. So he called the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You yourself know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. Let me say this very quickly. Many times you do not know what your pastors go through to be able to bring the message of life to you. You know, um, one of the foremost bishops in, in, in Ghana lost his first son. And he lost his first son and still conducted a, a, a Good Friday meeting and led many to Christ. And I was wondering, sometimes what you have to do to preach. Sometimes you preach out of your pain. You preach out of your heart. You preach out of, you know, what you're, look at what Paul says. He says, listen, he says, I'm serving the Lord with all humility, with tears and with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you publicly and from house to house. So let me testify to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. He said, except the Holy Spirit Solemnly testifies to me that in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions are with me. Can you imagine that? He says, What the Holy Spirit told me is that every city I go to, there are bonds and afflictions. You know, today, all the commission God gives to us, suffering is not part of it. See, God has called me to raise men to become mighty. We are the sweatless, triumphant ministries of no suffering international. The first thing Paul told Timothy, say, Endure hardness as a good soldier. And that's why today, when you find young people in ministry, they are more interested in suits than doctrine. Now, I was in Ghana, and someone took me to the shop that they should buy suits for me. So I got it. And the man said, Where are you from? I said, Nigeria. I said, Oh, Nigeria preachers come here a lot to buy suits. He said, I know what will fit you. So he went. <coughs> God forgive that man. He went and brought one, one red suit. Red suit, red, green. Ah! I'm like, what is all this? He said, no, these are the ones the preachers from Nigeria like. So he brought one red suit, red, this thing, red shoe. Green suits, green. I said, for what? (laughs) You see, doing too much is not ministry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is ministry is that you are equipping saints to be more matured. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not saying you should not dress well. But if the emphasis is on your dressing more than the doctrine, it is wrong. Are you following this now? Alright. So let's go on. Verse what? 24. But I do not consider my life of any accounts as dead to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Praise God. Now, let's go to verse 25, 25. And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. What did Paul go about preaching? The kingdom. And that's something we're going to pick a lot more in our ministry as the days goes by. Teaching the kingdom of God. expositoring the kingdom of God. How the kingdom of God functions, and we're going to do a lot more around the subject of the kingdom because I believe that it's a re-emphasis that God is bringing back into the church again. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Our time is up. Let's let's pray. Oh, heavenly Father, we thank you. Just thank the Lord for a moment. Just thank you, Father. We just thank you. We praise your holy name. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the rich fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blessings. In our midst. We thank you for this wonderful church family That you raised up in this city To bring forth the gospel of God And the word of God We pray that lives to be supernaturally transformed By this word of God Oh we thank you Father Can we just thank the Lord for a moment just Bless his holy name Thank you Jesus Oh hallelujah we thank you Father We praise your name Jesus We thank you name We glorify your name Hallelujah Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Just in that same mode of worship, let's give our offerings. Let's worship the Lord with our offerings. Let's have the account up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.